John Podcast Network. Nugget is like, what are you doing over there? What are you guys doing? How come nobody's giving me treats? We're not making fun of you. We're laughing with you at you. (laughs) So. So, it was my turn to pick a movie. Mm -hmm. And And why'd you choose this one? Well, a couple of reasons. One, I saw this a million times on TV. This was on, I want to say HBO, all the time when I was... Oh, somebody had HBO. (laughs) Somebody had a black box. Um, (laughs) But it was just Mm -hmm. always on. It had a bunch of people in it that I recognized slash liked yeah uh and over the years it's grown Mm -hmm. i had no idea who ray wise was when i used to watch it now it's great yeah yeah (laughs) it's good casting yeah yeah what let's see who should we cast as mean dad oh i know twin peaks's ray wise yeah affluently intimidating yeah or possibly intimidatingly affluent it's probably both. They describe him as the Donald Trump of California, which at the time was not the... A dig? <laughs> yeah, at the time it was like, ah, it was just a qualifier. Indeed. All, All right. right. The Chase. Jinx. No. <laughs> the Jinx. We didn't talk about what the movie we picked was. You picked. You picked this. This is your fault. Hello, excellent humans. Welcome to Hate Watch, Great Watch. We are a film podcast that believes that there is something worth talking about in every film. Yeah. Whether it's a performance, a story point, uh, some bit of filmmaking, a specific scene, a moment, Mm -hmm. some casting choice, or could just be the fun discussion you have talking about the film. Yeah. So if this is your first time listening to Hate Watch, Great Watch, we hope you have a good time. We are talking about... The Chase, which is a very common title, so I will specify, from 1994. It's PG-13 for people to pay attention to this. I always include this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's an hour and 34 minutes. Pretty, actually, pretty brisk. Yeah. It moves. Yeah. A lot. I appreciate that. Yeah, like, I was never, like, bored or checking my watch while we were rewatching. I was this. a little bored, but it's... You're always a little bored. You don't really like most of the dumb movies. You don't appreciate dumb movies. Yeah. Well, the thing is, honestly, the parts where this was silly, I was having a good time, which is generally when Henry Rollins is on screen. He's silly in this. Some of this is dumb. (laughs) So. Uh, I grew up watching this a ton. Yeah. I had people in it that I was familiar with. I knew who Charlie Sheen was. Mm -hmm. He's uh, 40% of uh, two and a half men. Yeah, it didn't exist yet. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, that's how I know. I knew him probably from either Men at Work or Hot Shots. Oh, yeah. Those were the films I probably knew Charlie Sheen mm-hmm. from. But I knew Christy Swanson. She was Buffy. Yeah. And Buffy um, the Vampire Slayer, the movie. From the movie, yeah. yeah. Henry Rollins, who I knew. He was one of the singers for Black Flag for yeah. a while, and he's in the Rollins band. By the time this came out, he was in the Rollins band. Yeah. And uh, it also had Flea and Anthony Kiedis. Yeah. From the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing, boy, just like <laughs> the goofiest fucking things. Well, These it's... redneck weirdos. It's vigilantism. It's, you know, they're some... Well, they think they're doing something good for America. Yeah. 
when in fact they are fucking things up royally. Hmm. Huh. <laughs> Wonder what that it sounds familiar, but I just can't mm-hmm. put my finger on it. Yeah, I'm sure it'll come to me. Oh, it also has not not necessarily a name that most people would know, but a face. This is a real that guy actor, Josh Mustel. Mm-hmm. Did you recognize him? No. Uh, he's the other officer yes. in Rollins' car. Yeah. He's in a ton of things. He's I know him from the Money Pit. He's in that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in one of the City Slickers, but I can't remember which one. There's like a pair of guys who are legally not Ben and Jerry's. Okay. The thing that I guess maybe most people would know him from is he's the principal in Billy Madison, who is also the professional oh. wrestler named The Revolting Blob. Oh, okay. His father was Zero Mustel, who's like a, a Broadway actor, and he was in films too. Mm-hmm. He's in the original... Mel Brooks producers. Oh, that's it's him and him cool. and Gene Wilder. Yeah. yeah, awesome. That's where I know him from. And then there's Ray Wise. Did not know who Ray Wise was. Now I do. Um, it's written and directed by Adam Rifkin. He's directed some stuff. He's mostly, I, I guess, mostly known as a writer. But he, he wrote uh, Small Soldiers, which I oh. know I know you've seen. Yes, that was one of two films I was forbidden to see as an adolescent. So of course I definitely watched it my earliest convenience, and I didn't care for it. Too, other, it's too erotic. The other one was Coyote Ugly. What was the reasoning behind? I I, I get Coyote Ugly. It seems like it's detrimental to society. Uh, What's the reasoning behind small, small Soldiers? Small Soldiers was like the sausage party of my generation. You mean the film Sausage Party? Yes. Wow. Where, where it's like something where it looks like it should be for kids, but it's very much not for kids. Really? Yeah, like Small Soldiers had like a lot of swearing and stuff in it. Really? Yeah. I don't know if it was that like there was one particularly hard trailer or something, but like... <laughs> I think my dad saw it and was like, oh, you're never watching this. <laughs> the little action figure voice by Tommy Lee Jones is like, let's gut these fucking queers. And you're yeah, like, dad's like, no. <laughs> something like that, yeah. I, yeah. Don't rem- I don't remember any of this. Like, I, I don't remember. I've what- seen Small Soldiers. Yeah. Literally, <laughs> literally the only thing I remember from Small Soldiers besides like yeah. their action figures that are somehow alive is... <laughs> them sneaking through the living room yeah i know <laughs> and phil hartman oblivious watching the history channel and going i think world war ii is my favorite war <laughs> yeah i don't... which is one of the single greatest lines and deliveries ever ever committed to film yeah i don't recall what specifically was objectionable about it now i'm very curious to watch like these trailers because your parents it's not like your parents went and saw it and decided it was bad right? no 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 like the the ones that are really the ones to worry about are the ones that fly under the radar like the time that we rented clerks 2 and there's like a whole the donkey beast- show exactly there's a whole bestiality joke in the third act that started up right when Nora and jesse's parents were coming home so we had like one of those things where like somebody left up off the couch and shut off the vcr and we we're just like oh we're bored with this movie now we're not gonna watch it anymore let's pick something else to watch because none of us were expecting that one you know and like it's clerks but also like it's clerks come on you yeah know? clerks is pretty bawdy like again the first one is just like kind of like about like slackers and some of the worst stuff is like you know that their girlfriends suck 37 oh, I dicks guess, i guess never in mind. a row never mind yeah no i for- i forgot clerks and then she fucks a dead guy what really yeah oh shit she goes she thinks she's yes. surprising dante with yeah. some like oh, I, we're God. making up from our fight yeah. nookie yeah but it turns out she fucked a guy they forgot was in the back bathroom yeah never mind and he died a long time ago yeah never mind <laughs> they call that angel lust uh-huh. That's the no. I know it's priorism after death. The yeah, posthumous I know. erection. I know. I know. Yep. Yeah. 
but yeah, it's it's always the ones that you never. Well, that's you that know, speaks suspect. to my thing is that you guys didn't even remember that shit. Like you yeah. don't even remember it now. Yeah, you guys probably didn't remember it then because yeah. you're just like that's not what I like about it. The chase. We spent enough time not talking about the chase. Well, let's talk about the chase. I guess we have to because this is what we watched for this. Yeah, Rifkin had directed some stuff before this but yeah. not a lot mm-hmm. and it wasn't like he directed anything you probably would have heard of i think the most famous thing he directed pre this is called the dark backward which yeah i, I looked, don't think you have heard of but I it's looked a thing his imdb i think this was like his fourth or fifth um sure and... it's a thing i had heard of because it's kind of a famous like i don't know what you'd call it like just like a weirdo gonzo film okay i've never seen it so this is all cultural osmosis my understanding of the film but it's i believe it's two guys and maybe on like a dare, the one convinces the other one to go up at an open mic night and say he's a comedian. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, and he's not, and he's not funny, but that works and people think it's a bit. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of becomes famous. So it's, it's a kind of like an awkward comedy for a while. Okay. And then I think for no reason, he grows a third arm out of his back. Okay. It becomes like a totally different movie where he, I think he joins like a sideshow. This is, again, I'm not 100% sure any of this is real. <laughs> I've never seen it. But that's my understanding of The Dark Backward. And so it was kind of a, it was a movie whose title you heard a lot with like independent film discussion and like mm-hmm. what films could be, you know? So as we mentioned, uh, we watched this film on VHS. Oh, yeah. Whenever we watch a thing on VHS, I like to take note of what, if any, trailers there were. There really wasn't. There was one trailer on this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a 20th Century Fox release of Capital Films. I don't know whose thing that is. but So the only trailer was the 20th Century Fox Selections line, which were the $10 VHS. Um, the basic plot of this is, say, wrong place, wrong time type of thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Guy goes into a little convenience uh, gas station convenience mart. And turns out he's in a stolen car and some cops show up. And so he's already nervous. And then they get like an APB or whatever over their radios looking for his make and model car that's outside. And he tries to get away with it. And the teller inadvertently rats him out. And then he has to take a hostage. And they hop in her car. And they go on the titular chase, which is the majority of the film. Mm -hmm. uh, Where he is being pursued by two cops uh, in a police cruiser that is being filmed for a a knockoff of cops the show called the fuzz mm-hmm. it escalates from there and a lot of crazy shit happens and some of it is a little unclear as yeah. to how it works yeah it turns out she's the daughter of dalton the... voss ray right. wise right yeah. one of the richest men in america yeah they say he's running for mayor of cal not mayor um governor of california they say he's running for governor i thought so uh, schwarzenegger's like not so fast dalton uh-huh. come on you're not going to be mayor you can't even keep your daughter from getting kidnapped. When my daughter was kidnapped in Commando, I went to South America, brought her back. Elisa Milano played my daughter. Dalton does come down in a chopper. He does. He shows up in the last scene in a chopper, punches Charlie Sheen in the face. But also, I feel like this is way before The Governator. Yeah, right? it definitely is. Yeah. It's 1995. He was still making movies. Okay. Governator was like 2010. 2003 actually oh earlier so, than i thought but yeah. yeah this is 90 this came out in 94 yeah. which i think is the same year that he did last action hero which was like oh okay. the first like not you know box office success that he did like that was his first like it wasn't I mean, a bomb but yeah. it wasn't like that's well a shame received. though because yeah previous episode if you uh, yeah. want to hear us talk about last action hero yeah and i mean that's the majority of the film is like they're in a car and the car is driving they drive for like a whole day and don't need to stop for gas. They kind of bumped the lampshade on that one. 
Yeah, this has moments of screenwritery, aren't I clever? Like uh-huh. things which are the writer congratulating the writer for writing. Yeah. This is also kind of vaguely a companion piece to a previous episode, Natural Born Killers. You know, I did kind of get that vibe. Same year as Natural Born Killers. Oh, interesting. I know the uh, IMDb likens this to the Bronco chase with uh, OJ. Um, yeah, OJ Simpson. I think the movie came out or at least was was finished before that happened oh uh, that happened on june 17th 1994 so same year oh okay i don't know what the actual release date for the chase was march 4th oh yeah so yeah so maybe uh oj saw this <laughs> and that was like seem like a bad idea it's like worked out pretty well for that guy <laughs> required him having a girlfriend to hijack the chopper to no he had uh, his he had his buddy al cowlings uh-huh they play football together, yeah. teammates. Yeah. Theoretically, hypothetically, he called up, if he did it, this is how he would have done it. He would, he called up Al Cowlings and was like, Al, I definitely committed this murder if I did, and this is how I did it. I killed Nicole and, I think, Ron. Correct. Yeah. And no one's going to believe I did it because the only witness is that Cato guy that sleeps in my garage. <laughs> He's like, anyway, oh. get your Bronco, meet me out front. We're going to Mexico, just like in the film The Chase. <sighs> Maybe. Could be. Maybe. Spoilers for the film. They go to Mexico. <laughs> I mean, that's, about... that's literally the ending. But yeah, like... I mean, it doesn't really matter. It's not the point of the movie. No. Um, it is kind of dumb that they do end up there. I don't know. I guess it's supposed to be like a happy ending. Yeah, there's, whatever, not, a, there's like... not a good ending to this movie. No. Kind of was trying to have its cake and eat it, too, with that little dream sequence thing Hate that they thing. do. Yeah. We usually on the show will advise you. There's going to be spoilers, but I always say you clicked on a podcast, you can see it's like an hour and a half, two hours long. Yeah, what do you think we're not going to cover? Right, like, I think we're going to be like, and um, that's where we're going to stop. You'll have to see the ending for yourself. I guess that would be a novel approach, but it would also be <laughs> fucking annoying. <laughs> or we would list all the ways it could end. <laughs> like Clue? Yeah, kind of like Clue. Also previous episode. Previous episode Clue. <laughs> There's if, if it's a film where we think you should definitely watch it, we'll tell you. Make sure to watch it. If it's a film we tell you... Hey, do not, don't even bother watching it. Just listen to us talk about it. It's way better. Mm-hmm. We'll let you know. Um, with this, it's fine. <laughs> you don't got to watch it. Like I said, it might be hard to watch. Yeah. Who knows? By the time this goes up, maybe it's streaming, but like I've never seen it streaming anywhere. Yeah. So when I came across it on VHS, I was like, ooh, like I remember you from childhood. Mm-hmm. There's a chance it's not going to age well. The only iffy thing to me is that they are very specific that Charlie Sheen is 28 and she's just kind of like somebody's rich daughter so i mean like if she's supposed to be like you know 17 18 then that's a little there's no indication she's supposed to be 17 18 that's what i'm saying is they don't specify it she's just like again some rich guy's daughter who's not in college or anything like really we don't get a lot of details about her life no really no she's unhappy because her parents are divorced and neither of them pays the proper attention to her that's pretty much it yeah yeah and she's got a a new newish car the vanity play is for natley yes they uh they read it over the um the police walkie radio you know thing and they do the nato phonetic or a version of it it's not actually the nato yeah, phonetic it's, but it's whatever the, the they cop do, version is yeah. they do four nickel adam thomas leo edward edward yeah and they f- said it the first time and i was like did i miss like a letter in there or something yeah. no it's for natley yeah i mean i don't know her name is natalie yeah <laughs> not natley yeah i don't know what conventions or whatever the the cops use i know oh, super doesn't matter because <laughs> i guarantee neither did adam rifkin i just know that the nato phonetic alphabet was specifically designed to be heard and understood regardless of what accent or language you might be be a native speaker of yeah so it was adopted around i think the world wars to allow for you know communication 
Um, so that Wilco could release their album, Whiskey Hotel Foxtrot. <laughs> sure. Do you know the Native Phonetic Alphabet? Do I know it? Yeah. No. I'm guessing you do. I know most of it. All right. What's H? Hotel. What's W? Whiskey. What's G? Golf. What's W? Whiskey. Cool. <laughs> Welcome to Hotel Whiskey Golf Whiskey. I'm your host, Hotel... What's the B? <laughs> Bravo. Hotel Bravo. And with me, my co-host... Uh, Alpha Yankee. There you go. Yeah. And we're a movie podcast. <laughs> so. You know some of it because Dollhouse used it for character names. Yeah. I know. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. I know kind of, but if you were like yeah. to ask me random letters, I wouldn't, like, I couldn't remember Bravo, but like, I would have gotten there eventually. What's V? What's V? Mm-hmm. Uh venus no victor i told you dollhouse uses it i don't what's e echo enus (laughs) i don't know (laughs) it's been a long time since i watched dollhouse okay it's a good show all right (laughs) i I enjoyed it a lot (laughs) i don't remember my my memories for shit what's j genus (laughs) juliet (laughs) so um, I think this movie is funny because the movie starts as though Stone Cold is coming out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you didn't notice this. It's like the title th- comes up okay. and then the screen shatters like okay. glass. Okay, okay, <laughs> And okay. Rancid is playing, but I was like, it's like fucking, that's Stone Cold's music. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Because like, there's not, there's not like opening credits, like, there's not like no. an animated credit sequence or any kind of specific no. credits thing. No. It's just like the the capital films like logo and then the chase but then it's like and stone cold comes out uh-huh. and then it's just the movie where it's charlie sheen walking into a convenience store yeah. they do the ending credits thing that i like where it's like oh the victory lap yeah yes yeah yeah or never mind little, victory lap. little snippets of everybody from the movie and it's like you know i like when they show what are clearly outtakes yeah that's you i started talking about how this is a companion to natural born killers mm-hmm. i should explain that because it's very seems very different. I mean, it's people on the road for crimes, so that's sure. similar. But it's also highly critical of the like twenty four hour the the at the time burgeoning twenty four hour news cycle. Yeah, which again, like surprisingly, finger on the pulse with that. Yeah, yeah. and that that but that stuff hits weird in this. Yeah, because it's not about that. No, really, it kind of pretends no. like it is, it, and it, as the film goes on, it pretends more that it well, is, but it never has a real stance. I mean, it's some... just Charlie Sheen, okay. who is a criminal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're supposed well, to we're supposed to excuse this crime because the crime he's originally wanted for he didn't do, and yeah. it's like this very like yeah, it's it's the wibbledy fug- wobbledy. It's the fugitive. Thing. He's on the run for something that he didn't commit, but him being on the run is also illegal. <laughs> Right, but him taking a hostage is very illegal, highly illegal. Like, he is actively committing a crime now. Yes. I guess Harrison Ford does commit some crimes. Yeah. We're supposed to agree with Charlie Sheen's point of view, which is, like, it's randomly, like, yes, he will go on this, like, brief one-paragraph tirade against, like, oh, the news just wants us to blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, this is so, the tone is so weird for this. Yeah. That's not what this movie is. The movie is, like, it's a fun roller coaster ride. That's what it is. So it's weird when, yeah, there's like a local San Diego news van pulls up, you know, alongside as they're doing like 90 miles an hour down the freeway. And 
there's a, a you know an anchor strapped to the side and a cameraman and he's filming him and yeah. he's like it's me Bert Blurkin and I'm we're pulling up next to the car maybe we can get a comment from you know the the young lady Natalie do you have anything to say and and then it cuts to inside and Charlie Sheen's like there these jackals are so manipulative and blah 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 and they just they just want to make it a news story and whatever and the one thing is yes yeah, somebody is it over the radio. No, the car phone. That's right. Car okay. phone. I forgot they have a I car phone. I wasn't sure where briefly. you're going. Yeah, they do. They call on the car phone and he's like, hi, it's, you know, whoever the fuck from whatever, Channel you know. 10. Yeah. yeah. And the thing, our, our audience wants to know, what do you plan to do when the car runs out of gas? I, and he's yeah. like, that's all that you, your audience wants to know? Not about what's going on or the two people inside? Like, this is just a commodity for you. You don't care about the people involved. It's just a news story, blah, blah. And then he gets so mad that he unplugs the yeah, phone. Like, that, that does seem a little silly and extra because, no, that, that's a reasonable question, actually. Right. In fact, it's 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 indicative of caring of, like, well, what are you going to do when this inevitable thing happens? Right. You know? It would be dumb if it was one of those things like, we heard that you were in the convenience store for cigarettes. What brand do you smoke? Or something like that, you know? Right. Yeah, I think you are right, though. That oh, is yeah. just uh, Adam Rifkin being like, well, we have to address it. Yeah. But I'll, yeah. I'll like, yeah. you know, a little bit of the old razzle-dazzle and sure. you'll forget that that's a concern or something you're thinking about because the character is going to say, like, why are you worried about this? Aren't you worried about the people? So, yeah, I guess that's him telling the audience to not worry about that. I don't know. Yeah, and it seems a little, like, it's very self-congratulatory. And that happens a few times. Yeah, I found it really crazy how wild the news is portrayed here. Again, like, that you're strapping people to the sides of cars and you have a chopper out there who's getting, like, dangerously close to the highway and, like, shit like that, where I'm just like, this is reckless. And then also that like the but it's also nominally a comedy. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, like it's, the new it's show little... that has spoilers, Carrie mm-hmm. Elwes on it. Yeah, whose name, by the way, I don't know if you caught this. Did I do you... not know. His name is Steve Horsegroovy. Okay. But his desk, it's him and you know some yeah. other co-anchor, yeah. and behind it is like you know an airbrushed cityscape with two like looming eyes. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, that would 100% not be a thing. Yeah. Well, I also know one of the other... um... I think that, you know, they're going for the heightened... Oh, yeah. Yeah, one of the other graphics was terror on the freeway. And then a Godzilla sound. (laughs) Yes. That stuff felt more plausible. Yeah, but, like, I I think it was that, like... There was was terror on the freeway, and then it's not a Godzilla sound, but it is, like, a canned... Yeah. Like, you would have heard... Dinosaur or monster sound, yeah. I I, I swear to God, I think it was in, like, one of the StarCraft games, because it was, like, a free sound to get. It's just like... But then one was kidnapped at 100 miles an hour. Yes. That was one of the other ones. Yeah, and then, yeah, she was, like, And, like, bars come down. (laughs) Conk. Yeah, she was photoshopped with, like, tape over her mouth and stuff. Yeah, and, like, that stuff actually did, as somebody who grew up you know yeah. in that era and like hard copy was a thing yeah f- that felt actually right no, some the of the other shit you start was... out and then you get like excessive each one was sillier than the last but or less realistic doesn't. than the last it kind of doesn't though it's kind of all okay. over the place yeah like well, there isn't a real natural progression for like the way the media is portraying them or the the ridiculousness of the media or the desperation of the media like there's mm-hmm. no through line or real consistent mm-hmm. progression for that it's mm-hmm. kind of all over the place it's just anytime he needed to cut away because the scene needed to end or he didn't know what to have happen next it was just like well we'll cut to a newsroom it's a new newsroom there's new a new news anchor saying something and that also kind of steals some of the oh, that we're not sticking with one guy except right. for the guy in the helicopter Right. Yeah. Like if we are always cutting to different representations of the media mm-hmm. and they even if they are all 
different levels of like crazy hyperbole and everything mm-hmm. that doesn't read as being really a commentary on the media so much as it's like oh well this show is reasonable and this show is the crazy one or uh, whatever you know like mm-hmm. there's no baseline sure if we see them and they're you know reasonable at first and then they get more progressively more and more desperate and reckless on their own and making up more shit and blah 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 right then and... that is actually a um an escalation yes that's the that's, word yep Here's the thing that cemented this as, as being the early to mid-90s. So Charlie Sheen pockets a Butterfinger, and the cops come in. He's already nervous because, A, he's stealing. B, he's driving a stolen car. C, he's a wanted man. We'll get to that. And then they get the radio, you know, the caller of the radio for a, it's a silver Volkswagen rabbit. They see there's one outside. They ask him, hey, is that your rabbit? He's like, no, nah, I, well, I was out for a jog, and I just thought I'd come in and get a pack of smokes, you know, or whatever. And I want to... None of this would have happened if the fucking clerk... At the fucking convenience store, had proper coin etiquette. You know, I've worked a lot of retail in my life, and you do see some of these dum dums opening coins like this, where they're holding the bottom of it like it's like a little mini, like Louisville Slugger, and they're just hitting it on the drawer until it bursts open, spraying coins everywhere, like a literal money shot. But that's not how you do it, y'all. And if you want to know, you hold both ends. (laughs) You hold both ends: thumb on one end, middle finger on the other, and you hit it dead center on the divider in your in your change drawer and it cracks in half and then you dump all those coins out it's not that fucking hard and you do it before you're gonna need them doesn't matter you could do this in the middle of a lunch rush doesn't matter doesn't matter when there's better and worse times but that's not important the important thing is you hold it like a fucking egg you hold it at the top and the bottom and you crack it and then you dump all the coins out no muss no fuss and charlie sheen gets to buy his butterfinger and his pack of smokes and he gets to leave well he gets to steal his butterfinger but you get my point it bothered me when that happened and then i thought i was being extra because it bothered nope (laughs) worked a lot of retail jobs and that motherfucker i would have written him up because then a hostage gets taken and i would have been like hey larry we need to have a talk because that fucking poor girl is in the shit because of you, Larry. Are you prepared to live the rest of your life with this on your conscience, Larry? I don't know, Larry. I'm not. I mean... But this is the thing that cements God. it as being the early to mid-90s. <laughs> so, um, Charlie Sheen holds the stolen Butterfinger in the small of her back. Yeah. Through, through his pocket, you know, yeah. like he's got a gun. Yeah. And makes the cop with their hands up, makes the clerk take their guns out, slide them across the floor. He's like, kick him over to me. Kid kicks him. They go all the way down the aisle, way past Charlie Sheen. He goes, I said, kick him over to me, Pele. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, yep, yeah, there's yeah. a nice little yeah. Pele reference. Remember yeah. remember when we knew one thing about soccer? <laughs> that was it. <laughs> oh, I thought he was talking about the volcano goddess from Hawaii. Yes, yes, that was what he was talking about. Charlie Sheen, is, he's big into hawaiian mythology (laughs) but yeah it was just like oh yeah that takes me back to when that was the only thing anybody knew about soccer yeah was like hey do you like soccer it's like i know pele pele and goal it's before goal oh it was before goal i feel like goal was the end of the 90s all right hey man i'm not gonna lie i got caught up in it in soccer fever that year Mm -hmm. was very invested but i had you know i had uh, the cable box and you had the last channel button yeah in case you were watching something adult and you wanted to click over to something if your friends wanted that's so, a good button. Oh, yeah. You're watching something. And you're like, I don't really know what this movie is. Yeah. But like if tits come out and my mom is like, you know, make a spaghetti or whatever. And she comes in and be like, do you want do you want to grate the cheese or do you want me to grate it for you? And I click back and it's like, you know, Blue's Clues is on or whatever. And I'm fucking guilt free. Could use that button for uh, clerks, too. That would have been really good because uh, if my friends did not have a little vestibule door, we would have been cooked. Right. Oh, that's that's why you always you always leave a booby trap. Oh, yeah, well, again, we weren't expecting it Always to be leave. a donkey show when their parents were right. coming home. But yeah, if you're watching any anything unproven where you don't know yeah. if you'll get in trouble for watching it, yeah. always leave like 
you know, it depends on the parents. Mm-hmm. But it's like if you're if the parents are parents who are like, I told you to never don't leave your coat on the ground. You mm-hmm. leave that coat in the middle of the fucking hallway so that they they hit the coat way before they get to you. And they're like, really the coat, really again? And you hear that and you're like, click. Or whatever. Sometimes you just leave shit uh-huh. that will get knocked over. Like you yeah. like leave a bunch of action figures. Yeah. You know they're going to kick them over. Right. And it's like, really? You left all these guys in the middle of the thing? Uh-huh. It's like, oh, sorry. I forgot. We were watching a movie. I got distracted. Or you leave a couple of matchbox cars. You hear grandma fall break a <laughs> oh, hip. My Once you hear that, oh, my hip. Oh, please call an ambulance. You're like, okay, quick. Change the channel. <laughs> the matchbox cars worked. <laughs> Perhaps too well. But no, so we would be watching uh, soccer, uh-huh. and they would score, and we'd click real quick over to the, uh, you know, like whatever the Spanish channel yeah. was, yeah. and just to go, just yeah. to hear that guy. And then once he stopped screaming, we cut back. The chase. Again, at the end of the episode, for any of you who haven't listened before, we will tell you whether we think, personally, if this is a great watch or a hate watch. That's uh-huh. where the name of the show comes from. Or somewhere in between. There's a lot of stuff that falls in between on that spectrum, but uh, there is stuff in this that I like. I know I've front loaded it with some criticisms but um i did like uh when they're they're leaving the you know convenience mart one of the cops i believe says you won't get away with this and charlie sheen says you don't know that and i was like i like that that's a good it's not pithy he's not a badass when he says it. he's not trying to be cool he's just like maybe (laughs) don't jinx me bro yeah i think that's kind of like fun and charming sure and charlie sheen is good in this there's not a lot to this character but he puts just a little bit of like personality on these lines i wanted him and christy swanson to have more chemistry than they did oh yeah they I got don't think very they actually were very compelling together no and i felt that charlie sheen was regularly outfoxed by pretty much anybody else that we cut to ray wise and the the duel of uh, henry rollins and uh josh mustel yeah. yeah i mean those guys are the standouts yes some of the yes, gags in are. this are great but yeah. like as far as characters go like every yeah. time they cut to rollins it's great um yeah. you said that the trivia said that yeah, all that appar- stuff was improvised yeah apparently that was mostly improvised and yeah i think it's rollins just like yeah being a cop right. <laughs> fucking jarhead <laughs> ass rollins yeah He's so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. And so, okay, you have to understand Rollins to, I guess, really appreciate it to the level that I am. Yeah. Henry so, Rollins' whole thing is, you know, he was like a military academy kid. He was like, a, I guess, yeah. a, I guess like a troubled kid fighting, sure. yeah, yeah, fighting kid, yeah, you know. Yeah. And um, I, as far as I know, went to like a military school mm-hmm. and then came back to the East Coast, yeah. the D.C. area, mm-hmm. I guess. Because he knows Ian Mackay from Fugazi. They're, yeah. They're like buds from being kids yeah and they used to have weird odd jobs together sure uh Rollins talks about all this and like yeah. his spoken word stuff but yeah. and then he became the replacement singer for black flag which is a, a california west coast uh punk band mm-hmm. a seminal punk band great mm-hmm. great band so i always thought he was always like very straight edge and didn't drink didn't do drugs and whatever because mm-hmm. he talks about that but uh i then read like Get in the Van, the uh, Black Flag tour diaries thing, mm. which is, has a whole section about how they took a bunch of acid while they were touring in Europe. But he's, you know, yeah, he seems very square. Uh, somebody funnier than me said that Henry Rollins makes a career out of being smarter than you expect a guy that looks like him to be, yeah, well, which is his whole deal. And yeah. he will tell you that because yeah. he's a big, muscly dude. Yeah. He looks like a meathead, yeah. but he's, he's really he's frequently cast as either a cop or a skinhead. Like yes. those are like the two speeds that they want Henry Rollins to be at. He, and he has, does great at both of he them. He does. He's got a very square head and, the thing and is, he's got muscles and tattoos. Like, so it's he also looks... antithetical to his beliefs. But so it's very funny watching him be this like, you know, Boy Scout of a cop, yeah, uh, trying to say cool shit so yeah. that he can. Well, also because he's on camera. Because he's on too. camera, yeah. right? Yeah. So 
uh, at one point, <laughs> they the, the producer guy asks, who I think was played by Carrie Elwes' brother. Oh, okay. I think, uh, is it Cassian or something, uh, Elvis? Maybe. Is, is Carol's brother? I think he was the, credited as the producer, I, I hmm. guess, of the of the thing. But so he um, he asked him, like, are you ever afraid? And Josh Mistel's like, is this off the record? Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, we are afraid. He's like, you know, every day. And Henry Rollins kind of looks, like, nervous. He's like, not that we're, like, sissies. And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, he's like, no, we're just people. And Henry Rollins is like, yeah, standard issue street soldiers. <laughs> and the producer guy goes, that's great. He's like, thanks. I just thought of that. <laughs> like, he's, it's, he's very, like, pleased to have done good. Yeah. And it's and that actually feels very Rollins. Rollins has big, like, golden retriever energy. Oh, yeah. I've, you know, because I've seen him play music and I've seen him do spoken word stuff. And it, both of those things, when he gets a response, he's very like, yeah, you guys like that? Like, he's very like, cool, cool. Like, he... <laughs> I'm like, I like Rollins. I don't know if that's like an unpopular opinion. He seems like a good dude. Here's a couple of Rollins things that I, I wrote down. He says, if I let her out of my sight, there's a very good chance we will never see her alive again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and he's just so like squinty and muscly. Yeah. It's very overdramatic. Um, he uses the phrase, we want to avoid vehicular intercourse. Yeah. <laughs> We don't want him, uh, meaning Charlie Sheen, he's like, we don't want him losing control and crashing into a busload of nuns or something. Yeah, that was so good. <laughs> the busload of nuns. There was something about the 90s where we just talked about uh, an accident involving a busload of nuns in a lot of films. Yeah. Well, you know, sister act. There's no accident in that. No. She's not the only survivor. No. Whoopi a, Goldberg yeah. is yeah. the only survivor. Yeah. Sister act. Oh, boy. So, and this happens way earlier than I remembered. I remember this happening, but I thought it was later in the film. Um, Natalie gets car sick from all the speeding. Oh, yeah. No, that's like early. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the second scene or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's like she leans out the window, she pukes, and. It's an absurd amount of vomit. Yes. It's like they took an entire birthday cake and liquefied it and threw it on the hood of this yeah, police like... cruiser. And she's just Charlie Sheen behind the wheel is going, that's a lot of puke. Yeah. It, it covers the windshield yeah. to the point that I don't think a human stomach actually holds that much. Oh, no, it definitely does. <laughs> I've definitely seen some things. but She just, like, rolled up into the gas station mini-mart fresh off the buffet. Right, yes. She was <laughs> she was at home. Uh-huh. She ate an entire birthday cake. Uh-huh. And was like, I want to chase this with some milk. And she got kidnapped. Yeah. So, the, the, at this point in the film, the cops Kidnapped ID her car. By danger. We made a lot of 30 Rock references while watching this, and I don't know why, but anyway. It kept on being relevant. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that, that's what I mean. Like, I don't know why specifically this movie, like, tapped into so many things that were from 30 Rock. But So, the cops ID her, her car from the vanity plate. They find out she is Dalton Voss's daughter, Natalie Voss. And again, Dalton Voss, kind of a, kind of a big wig. Yeah. And the chief freaks out. And so now he's taking the crime yeah, a little more seriously. He's, he's like... He's a real estate developer and not the water guy. What? Voss water. I don't know that. It's the very cylindrical waters. Okay. Okay, never mind. I believe you. I don't Cut know. Cut it what... out, then. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I mean, maybe that killed with our audience, but it went over <laughs> my head. Hunter uh, doesn't know about fancy water. No, Hunter drinks his water out of an empty Gatorade bottle. And previous to that, a garden hose. Because apparently that's indicative of our generation. Really? What? Really? You ever see the people on the internet? Like, oh, we're the last generation to drink water out of a garden hose. And we'd go out and play in the dirt. We'd go home when the streetlights came on. 
No? It amazes me how much you push back when I'm like, hey, you should spend time on Letterboxd. Or like, hey, you should be active on Instagram. It would help our show for you to like interact and like promote shit. Repost the things I post about the show. When you apparently spend all your time on like the dumb shit, weirdo fucking, we're the last generation to drink dirt water part of the internet. Where, where are you? What sites are you on where people are having these conversations? No, I don't know this. Okay. This is like a thing. Kinda, we're the last generation yeah. to drink dirt water. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Is that bad or good? It sounds good. I mean, like. We're the last generation to have to drink potentially unsafe drinking water. What a bunch of pussies. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like it's. It's really, like, objectively, it's nothing. But the way that it's being phrased is that it's a sign of how resilience and, you know, and, and, and real and not, like, These people always connected want to, take to your devices. I know. These people always want to take stances on dumb shit that yeah. means nothing. You yes. want to tell me how resilient yes. you are? Tell me the number of times I can kick you in the balls before you'll tell me to stop. And then we will test that theory. Hunter will Rochambeau you for it. Yeah. I have nice <laughs> boots, and I'm not afraid to scuff them on your balls. <laughs> Tell me we're the last generation to get 12 kicks in the balls from a pissed off 40 year old podcaster before we say stop. (laughs) And then we will test that theory. Oh boy. I kick hard. Got a lot of kicking energy. I didn't waste it all playing soccer. (laughs) No. No. So you're like the anti-Pele. Like the (laughs) anti-Pele. Hawaiian mythologists tell me who that is. You're Elep. I doubt it's that. That seems... That's some fucking... No, I know. That's (laughs) what I mean. But do you remember... You know what it actually reminds me of? Uh Uh-huh. Do you remember the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes? Do you remember that that exists? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. That's a base. (laughs) We've laid a base. Okay. (laughs) Tim Roth is the, like, main bad guy. Uh He is General, I think. General Thade. Okay. Which is an anagram for death. Oh. Okay. And as soon as I saw that printed on, like, this is, like, around the yeah. era when they started doing character posters. Sure, so it's just, sure, like, sure. it's, like, Tim Roth, it's yeah. General Thade. And I was, like, they named him that just because it's an anagram for death. What I was going to say was, yeah, the, the police chief, when Dalton, when they find out it's Dalton Voss's daughter, mm-hmm. the police chief all of a sudden is, like, oh, shit, how many cars are following? It's just two or whatever. Yeah. He's, like, get more. And yeah. they're, like, well, there's another call, like, halfway across town. He's, like, I don't care. Get in, bring in everybody. Get a chopper down here. Okay. Yeah. That's really, like, lights the fire under the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I guess we should just talk about Jack, which is Charlie Sheen. Jack Hammond. Yeah, he's talking kind of to himself about how he didn't commit a crime, and Chrissy yeah. Swanson is like, "You, I'm in, I'm literally in a car against my will." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Well, I didn't intend. There's intent to commit." And again, this is like this feels screenwritery of him trying to lay groundwork of why we should like him. Yeah, because he's like, "I didn't intend to do it. I was forced to do it." You know that kind of thing. You know, intent only matters for certain crimes. Right. And it's more for like the severity. He's not talking about getting charged. He's yeah. talking about him as a as a person, his character. Yeah, I guess. But like, yeah, his moral fiber. Sure. He didn't go into that store looking for someone to kidnap. He went in there to steal a Butterfinger, buy a pack of cigarettes because it's hard to steal those, and then get back on the road. Yeah. He was forced, quote unquote, to take a hostage because cops came in. They're trying to write him as you know sympathetic they want him to be like yeah yeah he's yeah. the main character we're supposed yeah. to identify with him yeah sure uh so i do you know i do like him being like oh, i didn't intend to do that blah blah and she says so somebody held a gun to your head and made you hold a gun to mine yeah. and this is when he's like it was a butterfinger he still he does actually have like two guns with him though <laughs> yeah because <laughs> he still has the cop's gun yeah and like later on is it he- just the one or is it both because i thought the one he drops and it fires <sighs> 
I think one of them drops out of his pocket as he's like leaving. Oh, the... it hits the icy machine. Yeah. Yes, you're right. And then the cops hit the ground and yeah. they take off. You're right. Yeah. So he only has the one gun. Yeah. And then so... also it's that, oh, and then you shot at cops. And I'm surprised like he, he doesn't say but... that. Look, oh, and I only have one of two guns. <laughs> I'm a good dude. I could have both guns. I only like... stole a cop's gun, not cops' guns. Is Right. Uh. <laughs> Buffy. Um, oh, this is a thing you liked. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They have like a shitty, like the SCTV, SCTV <laughs> the CRTV camera from the, the shop, from the, the convenience mart. And uh-huh. oh my God. Yeah. They <laughs> and do it's the 90s. In. So they yeah. do a zoom in and enhance. Oh my God. <laughs> and it's yeah. of course crystal fucking clear. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, that's the 4K, baby. Yeah. I'm not even mad at it. <laughs> I they didn't even have any Ks back then and they got the 4K. No, I know. Yeah. You like to point out the Wilhelm screams and I like to point out the zoom, zoom in and enhance. enhance. Yeah. Even when they don't say it. <laughs> no, they're great. Yes. Even when they don't say it, which a lot of times they don't. No. But they, they do it they a do lot. They do it, though. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of, can you uh, highlight this area right here? And then it's like, yeah. and it's like, yeah. you're right, it's so yeah. crystal clear. Uh, where are you creating these pixels from, sir? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's not how anything works. And I'm not like a computer genius or anything, but I have like looked at videos and they don't just get clearer if you look harder. <laughs> yeah. I've seen a lot of scrambled porn and nope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If <laughs> like you could just zoom, zoom in, in and enhance. enhance that. Right. Yeah. Have you tried zooming in and enhancing? <laughs> <laughs> they start laying the track, which we'll just lay out for you now. That Jack's, you know, a wanted criminal. He has a past. They tease this for like most of the movie because it's not much of anything. And no, they definitely say red-nosed killer, red-nosed or robber. red-nosed robber, like three or four times before they explain it. Right, because we're it's supposed to be intriguing, but it's just like it's obvious they're laying a breadcrumb. Yeah. Well, and it sounds goofy. To begin with? Well, it is. It's a comedy. You, I, keep, yeah, okay. you keep treating this like it's like okay. a documentary oh. or very serious. Right. It's not a very serious All film. Right. You understand? We we don't just cover serious films. Okay. Need I remind okay. you, we've covered Food Fight. My point is that if this is a comedy, it should be funnier. I agree. That's that's <laughs> almost always the problem with a comedy that's not a hit comedy. Sure. Okay. That's a given. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't yeah. mean it's not a comedy. Yeah. Yeah. It means it's not your thing. Yeah. Okay. And it doesn't work, right. but it's still a comedy. Sure. And this is definitely a comedy. Yes. So you have to treat it like it's a comedy. Okay. Red Nose Robber. Yeah. They say this a couple times. It's supposed to be intriguing. It's yeah. not because it's just so well, obvious that they're laying this track. Admittedly, like, I didn't guess where we were going with that. I'm like, what? So he had a cold when he held up the bank? <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't honestly. I can't give you my honest yeah. because. He came I in and said, I am Rudolph. Please give me everything in the safe. Right. Like It's California. Yeah. It could yeah. be Christmas. Who knows? Yeah. Like watching it, I didn't remember any of that. Yeah. But as soon as I said that, I was like. Like a clown? Yeah. But I can't remember if that's like a vague echo of a memory yeah. or not. Yeah, I so. did I did not go there. I guess because we, we, we just finished up Christmas in, in real life. Yeah, the story is that uh, a guy robbed a bank dressed as a clown. I guess while he was robbing the one bank where he uh, cuts his hand open on a teller's spindle. spindle. Yeah. Meanwhile, across town, Jack is it's watching a, a baseball clown. game. Oh, yes. Yeah. But he had... Again, this it's it's very like meandering and dumb, but mm-hmm. you know, job prospects were thin, so he had taken a job as a birthday clown, mm-hmm. and you know, one of his neighbors must have seen him coming or going dressed as a birthday clown. So when news of the robber started to spread, one of his neighbors ratted him out. The cops came in, saw the uh, outfit in his closet, and then booked bang, bang, him. Boom! Yeah, yeah. And his lawyer Ari, he was also decent. 
Yeah, he's a character actor. Um, okay. Marshall Bell. Mm-hmm. He's the general in Starship Troopers. He's the body of Quato in Total Recall. Oh, wild. He's his lawyer. He becomes a presence in the film, kind of. He's like a character witness for Jack to tell the audience, like, he's a good guy. Like, yeah. He doesn't really come to anything, so it doesn't really matter. But, yeah, so that's Jack's whole thing. Um, his his lawyer, Ari, is, like, convinced that he will get acquitted once they can get the DNA evidence to go through. It's, it's the opposite of, like, oh, you know, he was let off on a technicality. It's that he was convicted on a technicality right. where the evidence and, was improperly collected, right. so it was inadmissible, even though the blood types do not match. And that's a whole thing. And, there, and the film is, like, for, like, two seconds, vaguely critical of like due process or whatever like again the movie's not about any of this shit they throw in these little like bon mots about like yeah the current justice system and 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 the 24-hour news cycle and all these things i mean wrongful convictions are like a serious issue that is you know why the innocence project is a big deal and stuff but yeah that's my favorite part of toy story (laughs) when they stop for two seconds to be extremely critical of uh, the amount of untested rape kits that I'm, we still have sitting in. A... I'm just trying to agree with you that, yeah, like we're touching on these things that are like actual, like serious concerns, but they're kind of just being used as very vague um, I plot devices because like it's that it's the media being, right. you know, and the 24 on your side. It's yeah, it's all these things that we've But the movie's about not about it's... any of them. No, and also no. it's not really the venue for that. Right. Yeah. It's a real choose your battles thing. Yes. Like again, you make a movie like Natural Born Killers. Yeah. Which can actually say things about news media and tabloid journalism. Yeah. Right. Because that movie has a specific tone. Yeah. It's a crazy tone. Yeah. And it is funny and it is comedic at times. Right. But it's so overblown that it's not yeah. this. This is silly. This is light. You so can't to have just... all these heavy things at the fringes is a little awkward. It's just that it, yeah. it, it hits a sour note. Mm-hmm. We're not saying you and I. This yes. podcast. We're not saying these things don't matter. We're saying they don't fit in this fucking movie. Right. Right. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, that's... No, and if you want a film that's, like, know. entertaining and actually has anything to say about the, like, due process and, and evidence gathering and, mm-hmm. you know, blah, blah. We, like, we, you mentioned it earlier. And we, we've just recently watched the, the Fugitive. Yeah. The movie doesn't ever stop to talk about that. It doesn't ever stop to be like, if only the, the evidence was gathered correctly, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it, it never stops. It never gets on a soapbox to talk about these no. things. They are inherently baked into the yeah. story. Yeah. So that by the end of the movie, yeah. you, the viewer, yeah. are fucking mad yeah. that I this happened to wife. this guy. Right. I don't care. Right. And that's why it's a good movie. Yeah, he's not putting the whole system on trial because he doesn't care to. He just wants them to stop chasing him. Yeah. You know? Functionally, that's not what's happening in the chase. No, yeah. that's yeah. The, the chase thinks it's saying stuff. Yeah. But, like, yeah. I don't know if this is an Adam Rifkin thing. I don't know enough about the man. I haven't seen enough of his work to have an idea of who he is, you know? It just seems like he's got opinions. Maybe they got edited out before the studio would maybe. you know maybe this was a darker film at the time yeah. or whatever. although i mean also like we have a lot of very splashy uh crashes and stuff in this okay well i'm just saying like i i feel like it is also supposed to be like thrilling in which case then why are we getting bogged down in details here it could be you bo- know i guess it, I know. if handled well yeah it could have big crowd-pleasing explosions and also diatribes about the justice system and whatever like it could it could do that is a thing that i could envision in my head happening sure and working maybe sure but the explosions are definitely much better 
and more fully formed than these arguments against anything. Sure. <laughs> so the cop car thing, they're like, we're going to squeeze him. And for some reason, that involves uh, the passenger seat cop of uh, another cop car, not Rollins mm-hmm. and Josh Mustel. But uh, pulling up and with a shotgun pointed at the fucking window, which is, I don't even think that's like a tactic. Yeah. That just seems like action movie nonsense to me. Mm-hmm. So Charlie Sheen, again, he's a nice guy. He's a good guy. Good guy. Good guy, Jack. Mm-hmm. His response when this cop drives up on him with a shotgun out the window is to pull a handgun, this cop's yeah. handgun, out, and hang it out the window. The car drives over a half a cement block that's just laying in the middle of the freeway, like you do. <laughs> and the car jolts. It goes off, shoots the tire of the cop car. The cop car flips out. Yeah, the second uh, accidental Right, discharge. But hey, he doesn't accidentally discharge when it counts. (laughs) There's a sex scene later and it's dumb. Yeah. We get there. (laughs) I mean, like, it's fine, but it's... And I actually like the way they shot it. Yeah, I'm I'm willing to give it a pass because, like, it's dumb, but they lean into how dumb it is. That makes it less dumb. Right. You know? Exactly. Yes. We'll get there. No, you it's know fun. what? We should, talk, what? About, we should <laughs> talk about it now. As long as we're here. You know what? Yeah, let's... As long as we're at the sex yeah, scene. Yeah, So near yeah. the end of the film... Uh, is spo- Again, spoilers. Yeah. They fall in love for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> this well, is one of the most for some reason love stories of anything. I'll tell you what it is. Is She has... I think it's a damp cloth. She burns him with a cigarette lighter early in the thing. On the neck. Yes, she does. And I think she has a damp cloth and she's dabbing at it. And he's mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, I feel bad, blah, 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 because I like you. We're friends now. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, oh, you're sweating. And she starts like dabbing the back of his neck. And then she is like right over kissing distance next to him. Mm-hmm. And she asks him like, you're not married. You don't have a girlfriend, whatever. And he's like, no. She's like, oh, so you haven't been with a, a woman in a, in a long time? And he's like, Yeah. She's like, and if you go to jail for this, you might not be with a woman again for, like, years. And he's like, I guess. And then she starts, like, I don't know, sucking on his earlobe or something. And Mm -hmm. he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, falling in love with you. And then they start making out. She climbs on him in the car. The last semblance of reality is it cuts to Rollins saying, like, why is he swerving like that? And this is bad filmmaking. Well, you said as we were watching it, maybe they didn't have the right insert shot for it. I mean, they definitely didn't have the right insert shot, but maybe that was just them trying to do the best they could with what they had. Right, because, and again, that that's building off of what you said, that a lot of Rollins' dialogue was improvised. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was an improv, and they therefore didn't have coverage shot for it. Because he's like, why is he swerving like that? And the footage they show is of a car weaving from lane to lane between other cars. Yeah, which makes sense. Right, that's a thing you would do if you were it's, trying to yeah. get away. It's not like it's a wide open fucking freeway and which he's is, just going from pole to pole. Which is what it should have been. Right. Right. The shot obviously should have been like him lazily slaloming from one, you know, lane to another because he's having sex in this car and trying to keep it on the road, right? So anyway, for the duration of the love scene, which is pretty tame. He's not even going through a tunnel and then reversing and then <laughs> going back into the tunnel and then reversing. He should have been. <laughs> and he drives past an exploding oil derrick. <laughs> Um, but so out the window, it's just like, uh, like either rear projection or green screen. I couldn't tell of like, just like clouds. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, everything's very rosy inside. Yes. It becomes like this almost Maxfield Parish, like golds and blues, like maybe it's a little pink, you know, which again, it's dumb, but we're leaning into it, which makes it less dumb. Right. That's the formula you guys. And it's borderline romantic. 
Yeah, that I feel like that's giving it a lot, but I, sure. I said borderline. Sure, sure. Something. And it's like... Sweet it's... mystery of life, at last <laughs> I found you. Right. And yeah. I was like, I kind of like the surreality of it. Sure. It's like See... a dream ballet, but with his penis. <laughs> right. And that's, that's the way, like you said, that's the way to lean into this tone a little bit. Yes. They don't really have chemistry when they're talking to each other, so just having their mouths on each other was plenty good. I guess, yeah. You know? Yeah, the dialogue's not exactly scintillating in this. No, I... But yeah, that's our sex scene. Um, that's what I was alluding to when yeah. I said that Jack didn't accidentally discharge when it counted. But yeah, so that's the first, uh, um, is, is when he shoots the car, the cop car's tire out and the car jackknifes and then... Does it just explode or does it get hit by something and explode? But the truck definitely did. I didn't catch what the truck was. There's another truck later that, again, dumps corpses. Yeah, uh, it's like a medical school truck or whatever. Yeah. I don't understand why or how, but it also starts weaving around. I think he just cuts the truck off. Kind of like he cuts okay. a little too close to it and it starts weaving. Yeah. I, so then uh, I missed specifically what happened, but like part of the uh, tailgate has started to like. Yeah. The door lift. on the back lifts yeah. up and there's all kinds of dry ice smoke and, and then cadavers falling out. And man, I laughed so hard at them running over these cadavers. Yeah. They're just wrapped in sheets. It's not even gory. There's no fluids. There's no nothing. Although it is another one landing on the windshield of Rollins' cop car. Fun fact, question mark. Uh-huh. The windshield corpse is credited as Hibs. Is this like a thing? I was like, oh, maybe that's like a famous like special effects guy. Oh, that'd be funny. Who does like, you know, oh yeah, I'm, I'm great at being corpses. Like, I'm real skinny and you can put a whole bunch of makeup on me and I can lay perfectly still and, you know, whatever. Like, I'm yeah. great at it. I'm Hibbs. Was like, let me go to this guy's IMDb because he's got a credit. Yeah. So he's got an IMDb. Yeah. Nope. Only fucking thing. The chase. So what the fuck is that? I know a lot of the people in this were friends of uh, Adam Rifkin. Okay. So. Just his pal Hibbs. Yeah. Maybe. Goes into Hibbs Grocery Mart. Yeah. He's like, God, I just need somebody in my new movie to play a corpse on a windshield. <gasps> so, Sweet mystery of life, at last I found outside you. Outside the window is just clouds. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about Dalton Voss. You okay. First of all, that's a great fucking name. I gotta give the movie credit for that. Yeah, Dalton just is like a rich guy name. Dalton is Voss good. is like the perfect bop yeah. bop. Like, it's just... it. Dalton Voss as a name tells me everything I need to know about this guy before yeah. they even tell me he's rich. Like, it's yeah. great. And as we were talking about, for some people, names are hard. So nailing this one is great. Yeah. Jack, whatever, McGillicuddy, who gives a shit, doesn't, that's nothing. Jack Hammond. No idea. So, but Dalton Voss is, it's the only good name in the whole thing, really. Ray Wise doesn't get enough to do in this because he's just like, he could be chewing so much scenery. When he gets a chance to, he does. But they give him, there's too much business. So, yeah, it's his... His, his second wife. His second wife, Natalie's Natalie stepmother, stepmother, which is a whole thing for her. She doesn't get along with her or whatever. Um, the but then like, his, oh, but, the new model's younger and she wants to be my friend. <laughs> but they don't even do anything with it. No, I know. But then the, Well, again, the, it's just, it's, it's Natalie's, you know, rebellion or whatever. But... Right. Uh, and she says, yeah. like... I just want to do something that they wouldn't approve of or whatever, which I guess is fuck him in a car. Okay, so. Then his ex-wife, Frances, I think her name is, the ex-wife. Yeah, she shows up with her new boy toy who's dumb. He's handsome and dumb. They don't do enough with that. But he does get one thing. The cops are all watching the chase at one point near the climax, and then randomly, for no reason, the channel changes to Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Cuts to that boy toy look, looking over all the cop's shoulders, and it's, you know, Charlton Heston being like, get your damn paws off me, you dirty ape. And he goes, <laughs> monkeys. <laughs> and I was like, that's kind of funny, but like, that's yeah. the only time that's like weaponized. It's the 30 Rock sex idiot. Yeah. 
Yeah, he kind of uh-huh. is a sex idiot. Yeah, it's worth yeah. I'm telling you, something about uh-huh. this movie is like. Yeah. And she, the the stepmother, is like nothing. Yeah. The mother too is like not really a character. Yeah. She just doesn't like Dalton. Like Natalie, objectively, is one of like the main characters. I don't know no. hardly anything about her. She's super underdeveloped. Yeah. They're relying on Christy Swanson being cute and likable. Yeah. Which she was. Yeah. Now, as we joked privately before this, this film stars. Charlie Sheen and Christy Swanson, two very normal people. <laughs> Extremely normal, even now. Yeah. Don't look it up. <laughs> Speaking of the people in this film, Charlie right. Sheen falls on the unhinged end of the spectrum more. But Christy Swanson really falls on the fucking absolutely terrible end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. She is n- has not grown into a nice person. Mm-hmm. I mean, to just be purely objective, though, I found him to be, you know... In this young, good-looking, but kind of getting outclassed by a lot of the other guys in this film. Yeah. In, in terms of, like, acting chops and, He has know, moments in his filmography that are good. Yeah, but this I'll is tell you, not one of them, No, though. but the like, thing I he... I don't think there's anything that he does in here that I was just like, that was very good. Like, you know... The thing he yeah. works best in, yeah. seriously, yeah. is Hot Shots. Sure. He works best as a parody of the kind of guy he's trying to be here. Yeah. It reminded me a bit of um, uh, Ron Livingston in uh, Office Space. Sure. Both in, like, presentation, but then also in delivery. But, like, he does actually end up being, like, kind of likable and has more chemistry with uh, Jennifer Aniston in that, I think. Well, they actually spend a whole scene talking to each other. That's true. About, like, anything that's, right. like, anything. Right. Whereas right. in this, their relationship is built on... He We're both either... in a car together. Well, no, not even that. You can be in a car and develop chemistry. That's true. That's true. Like, you're yeah. saying that like that's an impossible thing. That's totally... It's literally fucking speed. No, yeah. Speed is just a big car. A bus is a big car. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> okay? They have chemistry in the big car. But, but no, like, it's the problem is that all that this movie is, is he says something that's like nothing. It's just like a random couple of sentences. And then she goes, boy, that's cool. Yeah. That's it. That's their whole fucking relationship. Yeah. Although also even later on, he's like talking like she's got Stockholm syndrome because he like is like, okay, Patty Hearst. Like, well, it's when she starts to do right. the thing yeah. of like, we're sure. going to Mexico. Sure. Because up until that point, he's not. That's the one thing I'll give the script. He's not ever trying to impress her or put the moves on her or convince her to like side with him. Yeah. Like, I will give the, the script that. Yeah. And I don't think that's like faint praise. That's great. It would be it would be very easy to have them flirt together in this, sure. or to think that's the right move. Yeah, the film is playing with you know Stockholm syndrome. I mean, so it's playing with a lot of stuff. It is, is the thing. Yeah. but but you can't. But the film is kind of about this one. Yeah, that's the difference. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of about the relationship between a kidnapper and a kidnappee. It's a little bit about that. One of my other favorite like exchanges with that was um, Ray Wise going, "I didn't just fall off the turnip truck," and uh, Charlie Sheen going, it "Must have been a yam wagon then." I missed that. Oh, yeah. Yam wagon? Yeah. Uh, at one point, they're listening to the radio news coverage of the chase. And the, the, the topic is like, you know, in the car on the freeway, and it's a guy, and it's Natalie Voss, the daughter of Dalton Voss, the land developer. And, blah, and the news story becomes all about Dalton Voss. Yeah. And that's kind of her thing is like, I'm just Dalton Voss's daughter. I'm not, they're not seeing me as a person, which is almost, the movie's almost about that. Right. It never quite actually gets there, well, but thinks it is. Cause we don't actually ever make her a person. either. Right. Cause the movie <laughs> yeah. can't make her a person. Right. What do we literally, we watched <laughs> this movie with it 24 hours. Yeah. What do we know about Natalie? 
She's Dalton Voss's daughter. Anything else? She's got a car. It has it has a car phone in it. It do, It did. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. She had a big lunch. <laughs> she had a big lunch. Big, healthy eater. Okay, that's something. Yeah. That's, that's all I know yeah, about her. Yeah, and they're yeah, all, and yeah. all of them circle around entirely around Charlie Sheen. Yeah. We know way yeah. more about him. What yeah. is he like? Baseball. Yeah. What is he not like? Getting falsely accused right. for bank for robbery. Bank robbery. We know very little about him. It's still so much more than we know about her. Know. And we're supposed to be like, yep, these are our friends. I know. I, know. <laughs> I mean, not to be to be fair, we don't know anything about anybody in this movie. That's yeah. why they're like, and maybe the ex-wife has a dumb boyfriend. And like, they just keep throwing people at the camera to yeah. be like, yep. That's why every time we cut to a news anchor, it's a different news anchor. Because yeah. it's just like, maybe you'll forget that we know nothing and we didn't write yeah. this. It's like what you loved slash hated about Dragon in uh, the Iger Sanction previous episode. Right. Well, he's the opposite. He's overwritten. Yeah. They just, every time they cut yeah. to him, it's a new thing. Yeah. Previous episode of the Iger Sanction, please listen to it. It's great. Uh, so the movie's kind of almost about her wanting to be seen as more than Dalton Voss's daughter. And Charlie Sheen picks up on how the movie's almost about that. Yeah. So he changes the radio station. It's, okay. Yes, it's the Village People, Macho Man, and... Hey! 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 hey, hey. Macho, macho, macho man, yeah. And it's great. And they're singing... And all this, and Charlie Sheen says... Was it cheap to have that around then? Because I feel like Adam's Family Values had that. Did it? I don't remember it now. I don't haven't seen Adam's Family Values in very, very long. I know that Wayne's World 2 has a... I don't remember if it's Macho Man or YMCA. 93. Okay. So, yeah. Well, I think the uh, Village People had a real resurgence in the 90s. Okay. In popular culture, like... Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, because Wayne's World 2 has a whole Village People thing. Okay, yeah. They're spying on Cassandra. Yeah. And it's revealed one by one. You don't know it at first, but it's like, you know, one is like a construction worker mm -hmm. up on power lines, like with binoculars. Oh, and then like, yep. one, like Garth is like a cop directing traffic and keeping an yeah. eye on her. And then you realize they are the, the Village People. <laughs> and then they get spotted and they get chased by whomever. Uh, I think mm -hmm. it's Christopher Walken in that. Mm -hmm. And he ch they chase them into a gay club, and they accidentally run on stage, and then they do, I guess, YMCA mm -hmm. as their cover. And, but yeah, I really think that the, the the village people were having a moment in the okay. in the nineties. Yeah. But yeah, so they they sing along to that, and Jack says, "I always like the cowboy the best." Yeah. Which I don't. I guess that's supposed to be an insight into his personality. Is it? I I mean, listen, that could easily be a fucking listicle, yeah. which. Which of the village right. people Right, which, which village person you like, you know, what that says about your personality. BuzzFeed, we're still a thing. Uh, find Ben's email on our link tree. The <laughs> yeah, the bother Ben button, which can be located yeah. on our link tree. You can email Ben. It will auto, it will, yeah. <laughs> it will auto open your email provider. It will put in the subject line. You don't even have to worry about that. And the body of the email, just tell him which, which your favorite village people person is. And if I guess if Ben's feeling generous, he might reply with what that says about your personality. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Sorry, Ben. You're not sorry. This is a recurring gag on our show where we bother our friend Ben. Um, well, no, we don't. You do. Which which of the village people would you be? I sincerely always liked a Native American. Okay. I like the I like a Native American headdress. Mm -hmm. It's fucking cool. Yeah. They're cool looking. Mm -hmm. feathers i mean you know from philadelphia we have mummers they got the feathers but only once a year you know like i like mm -hmm. it um but the cop had a great mustache i will say that i would probably be the uh the the naval officer the naval officer yes, yes. yeah sure yeah and then the leather daddy mm -hmm. the biker <laughs> well, well sure <laughs>
I don't know. That's a mesh shirt, right? You can get a lot of bugs in that shirt if you're on your bike. <laughs> on your hog, you're picking mosquitoes out of that thing uh-huh. all week. Around this time, Flea and Anthony Kiedis make their appearance. Oh, yeah. They are, they are, I think, Will and Dale. Will is Kiedis. Dale is Flea. Flea is driving. It is a big monster truck. It looks like fucking Gravedigger. <laughs> so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Much like Rollins, they understood the assignment. Sure. They show up. They are cartoonish caricatures of people and they're doing this like will are you ready to intercept the suspect's vehicle mm-hmm. it's like i am dale like and that's mm-hmm. their whole thing yeah um it's like they're doing a fucking bit it's like it's like hee-haw yeah like it's just these, these two people pop up and like do a, a comedy bit for 10 seconds mm-hmm. yeah that's the whole thing is that uh, flea is driving flea is going to like cut them off with the big monster truck mm-hmm. um but he fucks it up yeah. Like, no one even interferes. Yeah. Really. Yeah. He just, like, jacks the wheel so badly that the truck goes out of control. They skid down the highway. Sometimes it's hard to drive good. Yeah. <laughs> and then they get, like, T-boned. They get out of the truck. We see them run away, but they get T-boned. It's a massive explosion. <laughs> it is. By a... By a cop car, yeah? I think so. Uh, did I write that down? Something. Yeah, no, you're right. Like, some car, I just... I... Flea yells, time to be heroes! <laughs> yeah, I think I think I assumed it was a, a cop car. It says T-Bone by tractor trailer. Oh. Yeah. Damn. And then, um, the... so there's... That's not good. <laughs> no. This whole time, in the uh, news copter that's been following along this entire time, is mm-hmm. Byron, uh, who I want to... For Channel 8. Oh, yes, it has a big eight ball on the yeah. side of the, yeah. Yeah. Channel 8, Byron Wilder, played by Rocky Carroll. Just want to credit him because we're talking mm-hmm. about him. Um, and I wrote it down. He chalks it up. He's like, oh, uh, a bit of undercover police tactics. Yeah. Because yeah. he's like, oh, obviously no one would be this fucking crazy. That must have been Yeah, police. somebody who was involved and not just like some rando not being some like, lunatic. we'll fix it. Right, yeah. not too as we see goof ass yokels in a monster truck because they get interviewed in a little bit on the news. And, um, I want (laughs) to, I took note of what Anthony Kiedis says. They're, they're like, we were just trying to be good Americans, whatever, whatever. And then, um, the news anchor is like, and if anybody, you know, where can people find you or whatever? He's like, you can usually find us at big Willie's dirty dogs. Most times. (laughs) That's it. Like, it's just so, they're so dumb, and but they fully understood the assignment. They're being big-ass goofballs. They're playing it for the cheap seats. Like, yeah. Entirely. And that's the stuff I remember about this movie. You know, if we had talked extensively beforehand about the film, I would be like, Rollins is a cop. Mm-hmm. Flea and Anthony Kiedis in a monster truck, jackknifing all across the fucking, you know, highway. Yeah. No, they're barely in here. No, yeah. It's just like this little... Oh, yeah. If you had asked me, I yeah. would have been like, oh, they. I think they follow them for a while and they're yeah. like larger parts. Like, no, that's yeah. just what I no, remember. there's like two scenes. Right. And that's yeah. just what I remember because the rest of it is so nothing. The thing where she falls in love with him really, I guess, is when he tells her his whole backstory finally. This is near the, you know, nearing the end of the film. And she goes, well, when were you sentenced? And he goes, yesterday. And she goes, oh, so that's why you ran. And stole the car and freaked out when you saw the cops and kidnapped me. And he's like, yup. And so she's like, oh, I, it's understandable. Because you were afraid to go to prison. So then you committed many crimes. Yeah. And it's, again, it's it's a huge stretch. And like, with different actors or a tighter script or something, yeah. that could be the joke. Yeah. It's not here. No. It's very earnest here. Yeah. No, she, like she genuinely thinks that's sweet. It's not a joke that she thinks it's sweet. Right. Rollins has a thing here, a little, you know, 
the fuzz interstitial mm-hmm. thing where he's talking about being able to predict crime before it happens. Yeah. <laughs> and he refers to himself as a street prophet. Yeah. Which that's a tag team in the WWE, oh, the street that's prophets. It's fun. fun. I just They want that it, smoke, Allison. I just thought it was a uh 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 no. Um, so you're just pointing at me like I know what you're going to say, and I Tom don't. Tom Cruise, the, the Minority Report. Minority Report. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, talking about talking about crime before it happens, yeah. like Minority Report. Yes. Yep. No street profits in that, though. No. They're kind of in a tank, so. Yeah. They're very pale, and there's three of them, but thankfully the movie makes us understand that Tom Cruise only has to rescue one. <laughs> That's just good writing. <laughs> <laughs> Back to this movie. So this is when the guy strapped to the van, like tethered to the van, pulls up. They try to get, you know, Natalie, would you like to make a comment? We're speeding down the road. And he holds like a microphone out and the camera's pointing at her. And he's like, give us a thumbs up if you're okay. And Charlie Sheen leans over and flips the bird. And it's real funny. <laughs> the cameraman goes, could we even show that? And then they go over another bump. Again, it's a freeway. There's like nothing right. in the road, but they keep going over potholes or whatever. And uh, the cameraman drops the camera and it like shatters and cuts back to the studio. And the female anchor is like talking to her co-host, which is Carrie Elwes, uh, off off camera. And she's like, yeah, something, whatever. Oh, uh, Tom, are you there, Tom? Tom? Oh, I think we've lost the signal from Tom. And, and Carrie Elwes is like, oh, that's just the risk we take with live TV. And then it's just like, he's like, we'll be right back with Kidnapped at 100 miles per hour. <laughs> and then they do like the graphic. And I was like, hey, it's Carrie Elwes. And I could have sworn he was a bigger part in this, but it's only because he's the only anchor that I knew from anything, you know? Yeah. He's the only person that it, that played an anchor that I remembered. So I was like, yeah, yeah, he's a big part. Nope, that's it. Yeah. You might know him from The Princess Bride and Saw. That's right. And an episode of Seinfeld. Oh, okay. I didn't know about that. Yeah. I wasn't a Seinfeld, really. We, Yeah. I don't know if we talked about this on the show, but we've, we've talked about this. Personally, yeah. Yeah. In couples therapy. Uh-huh. Um, well, okay. It's not even the Seinfeld <laughs> thing that drives a wedge. It's that you and your mom fucking love Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I cannot watch it because it is so... It really bothers me. And it's, <laughs> it's uncomfortable for you. Yeah, it's And yet you like the curse. In such an uncomfortable way. Oh, yeah. The curse is fine. It's exactly the same. No, it's not. It feels the same to me. Okay. Yeah. It's, I get the same level of discomfort watching The Curse as I do watching Curve of Enthusiasm. I don't. That's fine. I mean, yeah. no, right in. Which one was one more or less uncomfortable for you to watch? Hit the bother Ben button. Bother Ben button. Let Ben know. Again, you will not be asked to put in a subject line that is taken care of for you by us. You are welcome. Just in the body of the text, tell Ben which one is more uncomfortable. Maybe a few, few sentences on why. Yeah. Which one's more uncomfortable of the curse or curb your enthusiasm? enthusiasm. And then also maybe P.S. I think I am the whatever. Right. If you want to respond also to the village people, then throw that out there too. Yeah. Or if you have a good pitch for something we're calling curse your enthusiasm. (laughs) Moving right along. This uh, Jack reveals to her that he kidnapped her with a candy bar and she's like, oh, and he goes, I thought for sure everybody would hear the rapper crinkle, which is a good detail and and fun. Like I can tell you're already over discussing this film. Occasionally it was fun. There was long stretches of I don't really care entirely. You know, they're trying to cross into Mexico and there was a blockade at the border. Yeah. And, and you know, she's like, what are we going to do? What do you do? And he's like, well, you just get out. She's like, no. And he's like, okay. And then yeah, he hits reverse and all the cops, you know, split so they don't crash into the car. 
and then he yeah right. turns and yeah stuff. off the road yeah. yeah and then they're following him again so um yeah as you said then they they pull off they finally actually do pull off the freeway and they end up in an oil field sorry uh, a nugget has arrived you're making a lot of noise bud if you sit and are quiet, maybe you'll get treats. Yeah, so then they're in this oil field, uh, and... Yeah, which I thought was going to be a venue for a big explosion, but it is not. The freeway turns into a demolition derby with all these cops trying to avoid crashing into them, and they're crashing into each other, and we were talking about how it's a little, like, either smoking the Bandit or a thing we've actually seen not that long ago, the film The Thing with Two Heads. Yeah, yeah. Um, the... In case you've never seen it, it's crazy, but... It really is. Um... For a movie about, you know, a guy getting another guy's head grafted onto his body, you wouldn't necessarily expect that it ends with, like, an elaborate, like, demolition derby. But that kind of is what happens. They, yeah. They're, like, off-roading, and cops yeah. are chasing them, and cops are falling in ditches and shit, and it's, like, it's so bizarre. Yeah, they're just driving these cars across these fields and stuff. Yeah, they're all chasing one car with their, yeah. like, you know, six or seven cop cars, and they're all crashing and shit. And it's just, like, I was like, this is not the movie I was expecting. No. I don't, to be fair, don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't that. Yeah, so in, in this, it kind of ends up as a ring around the rosy as they're in yeah. this oil field. And then, okay, so yeah. Charlie Sheen stops, makes her get out. And then kind of has what turns out to be a daydream of suicide by cop. Now, I, I don't like it because it's dumb as hell. Yeah. But they do a good job of foreshadowing it because... Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's got a cigarette that he cannot light because she threw the lighter out the window. Right. He, uh, you know, the, little, the car lighter, you push it in, right? Mm -hmm. So she threw that out, and he's like, no, I can't light my cigarette. That's early in the film, we mentioned. So he makes her get out, and he's sitting in the car, and all the cops have their guns pointed, and they're like, they're like, you know, get out. Get out of the car. Put your hands up. And uh, Rollins, at one point, is like, make a move. I would love to kill you. Yeah. Like, you know, which, again, is Rollins being like cops or shit. So good on him. Then all of a sudden... Charlie Sheen has a cigarette in his mouth and he pulls out a Bic lighter, or no, a Zippo lighter, and he lights it. I thought it was matches, but it was one of those things where he lit the match while it was, it was still a... attached to the rest of it. Okay. I thought it was a Zippo, and I was just like, where okay. the fuck did you get this lighter? Like, And I was like, you had this the whole time? You were complaining about not being able to light the cigarette, because I forgot that this happened. Yeah. And then he gets out, and he's got his hand behind his back, and he's smoking his cigarette, and then he flicks the cigarette. Which I also thought was going to light the fucking oil right, field Right, oil field. Fire. And then he pulls his hand up and he's pointing fingers like a gun and he gets shot by all the yeah. cops and he dies. And then in the car, he opens his eyes and he's like, wow, what a weird uh, fantasy to have. And I was like, ugh, jerk off motion. Yeah. You can do like a dream ending thing, but like, I've, I don't, can't think of one off the top of my head that feels good in the moment. La La Land, but that also didn't really feel good. <laughs> no, La La Land is at least trying. So it's better yeah. than this. I mean, that's a better ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a better attempt at that than this. Like, yeah. Um, cause it means, it actually means something and it means yeah. like a different thing than, but yeah, this is just like the whole audience is sitting there going like, well, is he going to get arrested or is he going to get away? And then he, you know, Rifkin goes like, well, I'll do you one better. He gets murdered. Uh, and he's like, but not really though. Yeah. He's not really. Cause this is going to be a happy ending. Now, maybe this is like studio notes and they were like, ah, oh, can't end with him getting shot. So then they do this mm -hmm. and it's dumb. But yeah, Natalie takes a videographer hostage yeah and then no oh, she takes from, the from the producer the, yeah yeah oh is it the producer yeah I she takes it, the producer I, from I thought it was fuzz. the camera guy from fuzz but either way yeah she takes that guy hostage and she blows up her dad's helicopter so that she can go to a different helicopter the news copter the eight byron's the eight yeah. yeah they take that to they fly off and mexico. then it cuts to mexico she, she gets to she's dyed her hair to and, her dad yeah, yeah she's dyed her hair he's grown a mustache they're on the beach which also speaking of mustache man 
I didn't, I forgot to say this at the time, but they have a point during the zoom in and enhance where they show his mugshot and he's got just absolutely atrocious everything. He's got kind of a mullet and then one of those like real like shitty fucking, I don't know, I guess it's like kind of a Fu Manchu, kind of a, a goatee situation. But yeah, and then in Mexico he's got slightly better facial hair, but not really. I don't know. I don't it's think a mustache. He, all right. I hope it's fake. <laughs> you hope it was fake. No, I mean for the character, Jack. Blah, 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 blah. You know his name. That's I not know. your bit. Jack. Don't steal my fine, bit. Fine, fine, fine. It's Jack Hammond. It's Jack my bit. That's what it is. <laughs> That's it. That's the end of the fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they make it to Mexico because he didn't actually get shot because that was just a daydream. <laughs> like you do. Um, when you've been running from the cops. And then they play a Rollins band song. Yeah. And uh, the, the the movie has a decent soundtrack. It's not like incredible, yeah. but it has. Bad had, Religion, No Effects, yeah, and gonna, Rancid. I was going to say, it had Bad Religion at one point, because I was kind of doing that thing where I was like, that's Bad Religion, right? And then they weren't really playing it very loud, because there was dialogue, but then they, like, crank it up at the end, and I was like, that definitely is. Yeah. It has just, like, random chugga chugga rock music playing, but it's, like, not a actual song for a lot of the driving and stuff. And especially when it started, and they do that, you know, glass break credit thing, it starts playing, I think it's Rancid, um, when the movie starts. I was like, oh, is this movie full of, like, punk songs? Because, like, maybe that's all, another reason why I watched it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, that could be. But it, they're kind of not. Like, no. they're, they're in here, like, four yeah, or five of them throughout the whole thing. It's here, it's there. And, and then, I like... Mean, here's the thing, though, is if it's a bunch of punk songs and then also Macho Man, yeah. still very good. You're, but my thing is, like, yeah, it. then when they're driving on the freeway and there's just, like... Like it's just like random guitar music, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, this is nothing." Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. like, huh? Yeah, it's not something that I specifically clocked. Like, oh, soundtrack was good or score was good or whatever. It was fine. But yeah, that is the film. Uh, so usually at this time we do like final thoughts. Anything else we wanted to talk about from it? Anything else we wanted to mention? Do you have anything? No. I think that was mostly my my one joke okay. that I mentioned was forty percent of two and a half men. I did that at the at the beginning. Yes, you sure did. <laughs> well, I will do uh, my welcome back to the show. Mm, yeah, a couple of people in here have been uh, featured on the show before. Charlie Sheen, previous episode, Food Fight. Do you remember Charlie Sheen in in, in Food Fight? Or yeah, he was the dog detective. Dex for... dog detective. Yeah. Wait, of, that's his name? Yes. Of oh, all God the people who have appeared in other oh. things, that's the only name I could conjure. Oh. Dex dog detective. You're welcome. That's the thing I will literally never forget. Uh, welcome back, Christy Swanson. Uh huh. She appears in Beethoven's Treasure Trail. Really? Sorry, Treasure Tale. Beethoven's Treasure Trail is a different, weirder, grosser, sexy movie. Uh, Beethoven's treasure end of the channels button. <laughs> Beethoven's treasure tale, um, which we covered in our uh, our oops all Beethoven's Beethoven franchise episode. Yeah. Um, to celebrate our anniversary that year. Wow. Yeah, I loved that one. That was one of my favorite episodes that we did. It was ridiculous, and also the lead up to it was crazy because I seriously only thought there was two, maybe three Beethovens, and there were eight. Claudia Christian who is one of the news anchors in yeah. this. Uh-huh. Any idea what... Uh, no, no idea. Previous episode, Arena. Arena, okay. Yeah, I don't know. All right. I would not have remembered that at all. My first instinct was maybe fear. Okay. Uh, how yeah. about Flea? Flea. No idea what the fuck else Flea was in that we covered. No guesses? No. 
fully appears in my own private Idaho. Really? Previous episode, yeah. Oh my god, yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, um, so welcome back to the show, all of you. Thank you for your service to the art of filmmaking. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's kind of my final comment. I, I, we talked enough about this film. Now as to the part of the podcast where we give our final verdict. Is it a hate watch or a gray watch? I, uh, you know, I have fond memories of watching this, mm-hmm. but it's not great. It's, you know, it's fine. I wouldn't recommend anybody seek it out. It's not not bad enough that I would recommend. Like, oh, it's, it's a fun watch. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, like you said, it's pretty boring. If your entire film is set in a car with two people and then it's being followed by another car with a couple of people and occasionally other cars with other people sort of come into that orbit, you gotta, it's gotta be interesting. Everybody's gotta, everybody has to be interesting. You can't have a boring person, let alone have your two main characters be pretty boring and pretty ill-defined. Yeah. That's kind of why, um, but no, so Mad Max, it's exceptional circumstances to begin with, and then also everybody's super fucking weird as an extension of that. Oh, so and you mean Fury Road? Yeah. Yeah. But so, like, it's a bunch of people in cars, but, like, it's it's so much weirder than that. You well, know? sure, but, yeah. like, that's also, like... A different genre. Well, the world is so yeah. interesting. Yeah, that yeah, you, yeah. Actually, yeah. your characters could be boring because the world's very interesting. Sure, okay. Then, like, uh road games or whatever or um, road games is a good example or, yeah. or um what did we do on the show the one candy cane oh um what is that called joyride joyride yeah so then yeah stuff like that where it's largely like in a car or whatever. yeah yeah now i mean those movies and this isn't mm-hmm. a knock against you choosing them they're yeah. great examples but those movies do have the benefit of being able to have the characters stop Right. And interact with people. Sure. And then there's also kind of more of a sinister bent. It's not being played for laughs. So it's kind of a different genre almost. And I get that. Yeah, they're horror. Yeah. But still, like, but just the fact that they can stop and interact with people, like, allows you to develop the characters more yeah. easily. Like, Sure. You know, because that's an easy way to define characters is they interact with somebody and you see how they respond to what this person does or says. Yeah. And that gives you an idea of who the character is. Right. It's less of a bubble. Although also the car phone then gives them a tether to the outside. Right. In this instance. And they use it once and rip it out. They use it like three times. But yeah. And it's just, it's very dumb. It should have been a lot more of that. See, I watched this movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a low bar. <laughs> it's such a low bar that I'm actually mad you're proud of yourself. For being like, see, I did actually watch it. <laughs> Thank you. Because, like, I was I was emotionally checked out. But I do remember what happened. Yeah. I just didn't care about it. No, and, like, you're right, though. That that would have made this so work so much better. And it would have been so much easier to make these characters into something. Yeah. Is yeah, have them constantly fielding calls. You want to make a thing about like people's response to the news and the way the news media manipulates things. Have Jack give out her car phone number on the radio. Yeah. And then people from all across, you know, the city are calling in to be like, We support you or like you're an idiot or whatever. That's pretty wild, yeah. Have Jack's ex girlfriend call in. That defines helps define him. Have like anything. Yeah. Like, we hear from Natalie that, like, she wants her mom to be her mom and not her best friend. Her mom's, you know, more concerned with being her friend than being her mom or whatever. 
have the mom call the car phone and have her talk to Natalie and like have them actually interact. Yeah. Why why do I give a shit about her relationship to her mother or her father or her stepmother or that himbo if mm-hmm. like she's never going to interact with any of them? She yeah. never interacts with any of them in the movie except on the phone briefly with her father, which is cut off, and mm-hmm. the stepmother, which is even br- more briefly. Yeah. And at the end, kind of when she blows up his helicopter, that's, I guess, communicating. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But it's not really like, it's like, that's not an arc. Yeah. It's nothing. No. In fact. <laughs> no. No, it's her being like, I want to rebel. And then she's like, I kind of did. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I barebacked this guy. Yeah. The only rapper was the candy bar. Ew. <laughs> Roadhead? Was that too safe or too risque? I'm not actually sure. Honestly, <laughs> I, and this is not even a joke. I think in Hollywood's eyes, it's less romantic. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. I really do. I really think that's true. It's very romantic. You just shouldn't do it while you're operating a vehicle, especially not at very high speeds. It's not Roadhead, then. It's just Head. Yeah. Head is romantic. I'm not arguing that. I'm arguing you were talking specifically about Roadhead. But if your options, if your only two options to rebel against your father are to blow a guy who is or driving a car or a helicopter or climb on top of him, definitely blow oh. him because at oh, least I you're see. not obstructing his view. Oh, I see. But if, if you have the option, blow up a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> and then go to Mexico and don't come back because you blow up a helicopter. They're going to want you for something. I don't know. That's a crime. <laughs> That's yeah. at least one crime. Yeah, but it's personal property, and if his if her dad's not going to press charges, then it's fine. And they're rich enough that he could probably afford dozens of helicopters. So you know. I feel like that's endangering lives. Yeah, I mean, there were blow, a lot of people there, and they were up, in an oil field. I was going to say blowing up a helicopter in an oil field is probably not advisable. There's a lot of things that happen here that are probably not advisable, and also don't really get um I don't know the attention yeah. that they uh, yeah. yeah 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 again we're in an oil field why i don't know but then no, it doesn't nothing mean blows up it yeah. doesn't mean anything it doesn't signify anything no. it's not relevant to anything right so why that then right because the movie yeah. needed to end somewhere yeah i guess i mean wouldn't it have just had made just as much sense if he when he stopped at front of the barricade they then did that at the fucking barricade right like they do the, he, she gets out, yeah. he has the fantasy of getting murdered, then he gets out and doesn't get murdered, then the helicopter land, like, they do all that, but at the barricade? Yeah, I don't know. So, yes, though this was remembered fondly by me from childhood, it's really not a good movie. Um, I would say it's a hate watch. It's not a strong hate watch. It's not a movie where I'm like, oh, it's terrible, I'll never watch it again. I'll be honest with you, I'll probably watch it again. But, not for a long time. It's gotta fade from memory again. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. If, if and again, there's stuff in it that's okay. If you're a completist for anybody, then... You say this all the time. This okay. is your every time your recommendation is like, if you were cursed by a witch and you have to watch every film by this person, then I guess watch it. Of course, that goes without saying. You're not going to... Somebody who's a completist for, like, say, Charlie Sheen is not going to not watch this. Yeah. Because they're a completist for Charlie Sheen. They're going to watch every Charlie yeah, Sheen film, sure, good or bad. Sure, they don't give sure. a fuck what your opinion is. Sure. So saying that means nothing. Okay. You always couch it like this. All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, yeah, you're... Yeah. Of course. Um, yeah, also kind of a hate watch for me. I feel like I've seen this sort of thing done better. Yeah. Uh, As you said, speed, both, same year. Yeah, both in in more serious and then also more funny and then also more compelling. What's, like, a, more, what's a more comedic, similar vibe? I mean, this? I think even speed is funnier. <laughs> speed is funnier. <laughs> you know? Speed is funnier. I mean, speed is like a magic yeah. fucking movie. Yeah. 
Like it really it, like yeah. it does everything well. And but I will say like Speed has it easier than this movie because it's a bus full sure. of people. Yeah. You have they can interact with so many people on the bus that it helps shape the characters. Sure. But like I don't but know. But that's I a mean, choice like, that Speed right. made and that's a, yeah. a choice this movie made by not doing that. Right. So anybody right. who wants to be like, "Well, it's not really fair to compare the two. It's like, but those were choices that were made. Yeah, and just I don't find that either of them were very well fleshed out. I feel like yeah. there is a lack of chemistry. I feel like we could have ignored some of the bigger issues in favor of comedy or style, if that's the way we we're doing this. Yes. Or vice versa, if if that was the intent, was to be critical of, you know... These things. Yeah. Yes, then we could do that more... Yeah, I think, like, Rollins is passively critical of police by portraying them in this way. And that works. Yeah. That's one of the things in this that works. I like like Rollins and and Josh Mustel, and I love Lee and Anthony Kiedis for that one scene, and... You know, yeah, you could have had more of them. You thought yeah, you remembered right. more of them because they were a big deal. They were a memorable thing right. from this movie that doesn't have a lot of that. Right. Um, so I yeah, mean, this... even yeah, discussing like vigilantism and people feeling like they don't have I don't know trust in social um, structures or what's the word I'm looking for? Fucking. Allison is voguing right now yeah, to try and describe it. I know she's throwing her arms up in yeah. these very like geometric patterns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, Vogue. Hmm. Describe the lack of social structure. Uh, uh, yeah. But yeah, people feeling like they have to take things into their own hands is kind of like, yeah, a commentary on, on social issues that you could have done more with if you were so inclined, but I guess you weren't and you just wanted them to be funny for five minutes. Right, and then but... they were kind of a scene stealer, you know? Right. Yeah. But also, like, like there are know. scene stealers because they're not trying to comment on that. I, I guess. They're scene stealers because they're just big, dumb, goofy guys. Sure, 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 sure. They're big, goofy sure. cartoon characters. Sure. Yeah. Like, is I that. Just, well, I don't know. All right, let me ask you something. This is. I'm serious. Mm-hmm. Is that the movie you want? Like, you want this movie to be about issues? No. I just feel like it felt unfocused. And so. Sure. But yeah, because you keep coming back I'm, to like, well, I'm trying you to need be... to make this more about the issues. And it's like, is that what you want? No, I'm saying if that is in fact your intent, because sure. you were doing a bit of it. No, that's what I said earlier. Yeah. It was like, you can't just throw that in and then yeah. be like, exactly. and goodbye. Because it's exactly. like, no. It's you... too strong of a spice for what you're doing here. To, to just be like, to do lip service to, we're talking about the news media. And it's like, you're not though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it thinks it is, I guess. Yeah. But it's, uh, yes, it is extremely unfocused, especially on that regard. Yeah. As a film, it's a little unfocused, a little choppy. Yeah. But that, any kind of, like, commentary, social commentary angle is, like, mm-hmm. extremely half-baked. And, and yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a double hate watch. When, on the podcast, whenever mm-hmm. all invited parties do not recommend a film, mm-hmm. we try to recommend something else. Mm-hmm. That if you are looking for this, uh, you know, considering to watch this, mm-hmm. might scratch that itch a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anything? I know we've talked about a couple yeah, different I things. Mean, we anything? mentioned a couple of things. So, like, yeah, speed. If you're looking for, you know, hundred fucking time. percent. Um, natural born killers. If you're looking for that commentary of you know being yeah. like outside of the law and how that um, inner. Right, what vigilantism with, looks like. What vigilantism looks like, and also what uh, the 24-hour news cycle and, and mass media looks like as it interacts Tabloid with Tabloid journalism. That. And, right. Yeah. 
sensationalism. Um, I mean, even if you want to see CarPlay, I'd say the Fast and the Furious franchise. Ooh. Just go. See, when you, you know. said CarPlay, I was going to make a like, oh, is this like a fetish thing joke? And then you said Fast and Furious and I was like, it is, it is a fetish. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah. yeah. yeah you no, if you want to watch some cool, fun some... car action. Yeah. Some hot car on car action. Yeah. Hey, watch Great Watch after dark. Right. Ooh. Slide that yeah. giant Hummer into my parking garage. Keep your thumb on the end of the channel button. because The last uh, channel button. Right. End of the channel button. I don't fucking know. <laughs> this thumb. ends the channel. I didn't, I didn't have it. <laughs> and this I'm is... ending HBO right now. Yeah, last um, channel button. Yeah. I think button. on my uh, yeah. my remote it was called Recall. Okay, yeah. Keep your thumb over the Recall button. Keep so your thumb on the last don't. channel button. Right. So they don't so no- know what you're watching. Nobody see. Ooh, <laughs> do you think you're going to fit that? <laughs> do you, <laughs> you think you're going to fit that? In this pocket space, it's for a mini. <laughs> so tight. So tight. What a tight park job. <laughs> we now just broached into a whole new area, which is Fast and Furious fetishism. <laughs> Holy shit. There totally is that, There's though. There's gotta be. There's people that, like, hold on fuck cars, so... I know. I don't get it. They put little inserts in the tailpipe, or sometimes not even. These are, like, homemade things, right? Probably. They, like, they, like bought a flashlight and then just, like, attached it I to mean, a tailpipe. You, you hope they bought a flashlight. They might have just done a or whatever, a or they made crafting job with some ziplocks and something. Sure. No, I guess what I'm asking is, this is not a product that is sold specifically for this intent. Like no, no company that you're aware of makes like a tailpipe that, that I'm aware of. No, a fuckable tailpipe. Does hat. it? Does it ever fucking exist? I have no fucking idea. Well, if you guys know, bother Ben Button is on our link tree. Yeah, I mean, also, do I know where to go to get a fucking furry suit? No, I have no idea. No, Do they exist? Totally. Sure, I'm not saying you gotta know where to get it, but you yeah. do know they exist. Yeah. And that's what I was asking, is if, when you said, yeah, they put they put little devices on, and I was like, oh, wait, is that a thing? Because maybe it is, and I don't know. I, I believe so, but I don't have specifics. Okay. Yep. Again, if you know, the Bother Ben button is on our link tree. Um. Yeah, do you have any other recommendations for... Those are good. I mean, like, looking for a Charlie Sheen movie, Hot Shots and Hot yeah. Shots Part Two. Yeah. If you're looking for a Christy Swanson, poof, Buffy the Vampire Slayer is still pretty yeah. damn good. Mm-hmm. And I can come up with stuff, but a lot of them are, like, broader comedy. Like, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World uh-huh. is a great car chasey kind of comedy. It's a little yeah. like The Wacky Races, if The sure. Wacky Races was sure. a movie. It's yeah. like a dozen people in various mm-hmm. vehicles traveling the globe trying to track treasure. Yeah. Oh, there's a movie. If you're looking for a very like '90s feeling movie that is about a, a long road trip and it's kind of a love story and it's a comedy, mm-hmm. there's a movie called, I believe it's called Overnight Delivery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it is Reese Witherspoon, if I recall, and Paul Rudd. I've never heard or seen this. Yeah. Here's the here's the gimmick of this movie. Uh huh. Um, he, I think, he's having a, he has a long-distance relationship with uh, a girl who lives in another state, right? They're mm-hmm. at college. Mm-hmm. I think he hooks up with Reese. Like, hooks up, like, had a one-night stand, or hooks up, like... I think he makes out with her oh, or okay. something. There's some... They are connected somehow, but they don't really know each other that mm-hmm. well. But so the thing is, 
he thinks his girlfriend is cheating on him mm-hmm. and has a friend or coworker who chain smokes hawk a disgusting loogie into a condom, ties it up, puts it in an envelope, mails it to his girlfriend at her college to be like, well, you cheated on me. I cheated on you too. Fuck you. And then the next day when he wakes up, he has like a phone message from the girlfriend explaining whatever the situation was where it seemed like she might be cheating. Mm-hmm. So now he has to get, get to back. get to her college okay. before the overnight delivery mm-hmm. thing gets there. Mm-hmm. So then, again, I don't remember how he is uh, in, in any kind of way connected to Reese Witherspoon, but he he and her and her car are traveling trying to yeah. stop the delivery. To chase this faux-jizz. Faux-jizz, yes. Mm-hmm. jizz Okay. Um, trying to chase this down to yeah. stop... From that, ruining his relationship. It does feel very 90s. It's yes. very 90s because like the 90s we also, and it's in this movie with the cake puke, mm-hmm. is the like kind of gross. Like we were not afraid to be gross. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like again, some people aren't afraid to be gross. No, no, I know. Um, like there's, there's, but, there's different kinds of gross too. Right. There's David Cronenberg yes. gross and like that's not what we're yeah. talking about. We're talking about yeah. like yeah. in an otherwise pleasant family yeah. type comedy, yeah. we're, we're not afraid to do a thing that's like kind of gross, kind of across the line, kind of ew. Yeah. And that's this with the puke scene. Like, mm-hmm. that doesn't do anything. It doesn't serve a purpose. Yeah. And it's that. Like, there could be any... It could just be a breakup note. No, it's not. It's a condom with yeah. fake fake loogie, fake jizz in it. Like, yeah. We were so extra in the 90s. Yeah, we we're trying to push boundaries. Yeah. But in, like, a friendly way. <laughs> yeah. A friendly, approachable 90s family friendly way. But, yeah. Yeah, uh, he didn't actually mail her jizz. He mailed her fake jizz. Right, exactly. <laughs> He's not that bad a guy. He's just like Charlie Sheen in this. <laughs> He was forced to do it by situations. <laughs> sure. So, yeah. Uh, overnight okay. delivery. Um, yeah. If anybody out listening um, has a copy of overnight delivery they want to send me, I haven't seen that in, in a long time. I don't know where the fuck to even find that. I don't know if that exists. Mm-hmm. But um, hit the bother Ben button and Ben will give you the mailing address for the, <laughs> for the, for the movie John P.O. box. <laughs> and you can send it and we'll Great. cover it. Great. Write a little Very note. Good. Please don't send also uh, a condom with anything in it or even, even an empty yeah. condom. Yeah. Uh, we, we have plenty. Don't worry about it. Yeah, we are good. We are all stocked up here. And include a little note and we'll we'll shout you out for sending us a nice gift and we'll cover it on the podcast at some point. Um, but yeah, so that's about it. We just want to thank everybody. If you've listened, if this is your first time listening, we hope you had a good time. And thanks for listening. You can get everything you need from us i think uh, on our link tree which is uh l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash h-w-g-w and that's where to find the episodes we'll either have a link to exactly where you can stream a movie if it's somewhere for free um if not we will have a link to you know an aggregator site that tells you what apps you can stream it on Mm, there's the bother ben button of course there's a contact us form there's all kinds of links to support um, our various favorite guests, you know, side Johns and side hustles and uh, where you can also donate to the movie John Patreon. We put out new episodes every other Wednesday. That's every, every other, other Wednesday. Wednesday on moviejohn.com. And you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. I guess that's it. All right. Do we have any kind of sign off or like a, a, a note we want to end on any kind of call back to this episode? Sweet mystery of life, at last, last I, I found, found you. <laughs> Works for me. Okay. All right. I don't know. Drive safe. <laughs> <laughs>
Bye. Bye. Like his, he's there with his stepmother. That's a whole thing for Natalie. You know, she doesn't like the stepmother. It's blah, his blah, blah. second wife, Natalie's stepmother. What, did I say it was his stepmother? No, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's wrong. <laughs> that's wrong. Not that. Yeah. The thing she said is right. Yeah. This has been a movie, John. Thank you.